Hi, I'm Tyler Saltzi, pastor of Grace Bible Fellowship in Peru, Illinois. Our mission at Grace Bible Fellowship is to magnify the glory of the triune God in Christ Jesus by proclaiming God's word to advance the gospel in our lives and the world. We base who we are and what we do on the good news of Jesus. If you would like to find more information about Grace Bible Fellowship, you can visit our website at www.gbfperu.org. I'm so thankful you've come here to listen to God's Word proclaimed as we seek to understand it and be transformed by it. I hope you find this time meaningful, challenging, convicting, joyful, and even life-changing as we worship through the preaching of God's Word. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. I want to get really practical today. Actually, this is more of a seminar than a sermon. And that's one reason I've given you the the handout that you have. I don't think I've ever given so many points in a particular presentation, but I wanted to pack everything in that I could that was practical about this. Roger drove home in a daze. He'd just been fired from his job. His moods fluctuated wildly from anger to confusion to panic. What should he do? In the midst of this natural response, a verse came to mind. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. While still rattled, He felt some hope returning, and he turned to God in prayer. Joe, you were the last one to have the truck key, asked his boss sternly. The key was missing, and no one knew where it was. And Joe didn't know where it was either, but Joe did know the boss was right. No one else knew, actually. The boss didn't know either. Why not just deny it? What would that hurt? Then a verse out of Ephesians 4 floated into his mind. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Joe swallowed a little bit. said, well, I was the last one that had it. As Susie walked down the hall at school, everyone around her was laughing and chattering everyone except for one lonely-looking girl standing at her locker, just staring vacantly. She was one of the invisible ones, not part of any particular social group. And as Susie noticed her, almost went by her, a thought came to her mind. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. She hesitated, slowed down, 
walked over and said to the girl, Hi, how's your day going? Samantha was still smarting over the remark her husband had made before he left that morning. They were arguing, and he said, well, maybe you should use your head for a change. Slam, and went out the door. So she spent the day rehearsing what she wanted to say when he came back, the zinger that would get him back. Soon he'd be coming through the door, and she was ready. She was loaded. A verse out of Colossians popped into her mind. Bear with each other. And endure, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Hmm. What did that mean? That mean that she was just supposed to roll over and play nice? No. She realized they still needed to discuss his remark and what it had done to her. But in the meantime, she could feel her heart shifting away from its hardness. She could feel uh, the love and the softness starting to come back in. Now, what do you see as the common thread in all of these stories I just told? What made a difference? Okay. It's the use of Scripture as a tool for victoriously facing the challenges, these normal challenges. I'm sure you can identify with some of them. But there's a deeper common thread in all of this, and the thread is this. These verses all came to mind at the moment. No book was open, no pages were flipped. They were there to be used. They were used, and they had their effect. And in that mighty moment, God's word did its work. It set things straight. It, it, it realigned the thinking. It strengthened the resolve. Chuck Swindoll, does anybody remember Chuck Swindoll, by the way? Okay. I'm a lot older than most of you, I think. He was the preacher in my era among evangelicals. He once said of Bible memorization, I know of no other single practice in the Christian life more rewarding, practically speaking, than scripture memorization. That's right, no other single discipline is more useful and rewarding. No other single exercise pays greater spiritual dividends. Your prayer life will be strengthened. Your witnessing will be sharper and more effective. Your counseling will be in demand. Your attitudes and outlook will begin to change. Your mind will become alert and observant. Your confidence and assurance will be enhanced. Your faith will be solidified. I agree with Chuck. I can call him Chuck. I don't think he's around anymore anyway. This package that I, I've given you represents, and if you go online, there's a website mentioned on there, actually represents 30 years or more of work and of practice of the principles I'm about to describe to you today. And I can't tell you what it's done for me spiritually. I'll say a little bit more about it at the end of the message. It's revolutionized my life. The word of God getting into my head where I can carry it around and use it has been transformative in ways that 
are just invaluable. In fact, as I'm speaking now, I'm on just finishing song 12. I, I set the Bible to music. That's how I memorize it. In the book of Galatians. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before your very eyes? Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. And, and anyway, I'm having a lot of fun with that. That has a move, moving bass line. It's really funky. You guys listen to some of these songs, especially not just the uh, CD. That has my older stuff where I, I was playing myself, but some of the new stuff. I've got a professional band, so it sounds even better. Um, but you know what's interesting about memorization, Bible memorization, is it's, it's really not in vogue. I've been talking about it for a long time, and even among committed Christians, there are not very many who are seriously memorizing the Bible on a regular basis. You might memorize it for a women's group you're in. You might memorize it for a Sunday school class or something. But it just, it just doesn't appeal to a lot of people. And I want to talk, first of all, about why a lot of us aren't memorizing Scripture with all the benefits that actually do come with having it hidden in your heart. Uh, number one, we may hesitate to memorize Scripture because our culture isn't into memorization. This is a literate culture, not an oral culture. What do you memorize for? You memorize for that, that class, right, that you're taking. You might memorize some facts for your job. But otherwise, you've got instant access to almost anything you want. Number two, we may hesitate to memorize Scripture because we have easy access to the Bible. Uh, somebody was preaching once, and they looked at all these people who were on their phones. It's like, wait, who's paying attention to me? Well, they were reading the Bible off the phone. And we've got Bibles, several Bibles in our house. People think, why should I memorize it? It's right there. Number three, we may hesitate to memorize Scripture because the process seems tedious and boring. And yes, it's not ESPN. And it's not, it's not YouTube. I have to admit something. After doing it all these years and working on learning two new songs this week, almost... It can be tedious and boring. It's work. But to some extent, this is true about anything that is substantive that we learn in our life that we take with us, right? The skills that we take in all sorts of areas of life. There's a certain amount of tedium. You want to be able to play the piano. You can't just get excited and start pounding on the keys. You have to learn scales. You have to learn notes. Plotting is part of growth. That is a price. Number four, we may hesitate to memorize scripture because we think we're no good at memorizing. Now, if I asked for a show of hands, I would probably get quite a few here. I've heard this a lot. People say, oh, well, I'm just not any good at it, that's all. For the most part, I, although they believe it, I don't. I think most people have far more... You know what? If, if we offered a million dollars for those who memorize the book of Mark... There would be Mark seminars. There would be Mark support groups. There would be people going after it. They would learn to memorize. The thing about memorization is people don't memorize because they haven't put in the effort. And people don't memorize because they haven't realized there are better ways to memorize. I memorize, well, I'll talk about this in a minute, but music has made all the difference for me in terms of retention. There are better ways and worse ways, bigger memory hooks and smaller memory hooks. 
It's amazing how much better we can get if we actually work at memorization. It, it does take some practice. Number five, we may hesitate to memorize scripture because we lack the needed self-discipline. Now, memorization does not require long periods. You say, oh, my life's so busy. You know what? Five, ten minutes a day, consistently done, will amaze you. You will not believe what you can do in a short time. The, the key is consistency. And so we need to develop the self-discipline. And that's true of all the important things in the Christian life, right? Be self-controlled and alert, he says in 1 Peter. Self-control allows us to do the things that don't come easily but that are important. Number six, we may hesitate to memorize Scripture because other things seem more urgent. Now, the things that really matter in life are not usually urgent. You have to pay the phone bill, they cut off the phone, right? You have to study for that test or you flunk the test. You have to fill the car up with gas or you end up sitting on the highway, not going anywhere. But the development of character, the development of godliness, the development of relationships, a lot of things that really matter are not urgent, but they are important. And the memorization of Scripture will change your life in the long term. It will change your relationship with God. It will change all the things Chuck Swindoll talked about earlier in that quote. And by the way, it is often true that it's not useful. Because you memorize for VBS or you memorize for this, and guess what happened to that verse? You put it up on a shelf. Well, I memorize. I feel pretty good about that. If you don't use it, it's not that useful. <laughs> You've got to learn how to use it. When, when I was going through my rounds at the hospital last night, I was going through uh, 2 Corinthians. I have about a dozen passages that I've memorized out of that. And, and I use it all the time. I, and it, it reinforces things. If you don't use it, if you just memorize it and it sits, then it's not that useful. Number eight, we may hesitate to memorize because we aren't that close to God. Now, I want you to notice the word may here. I've known many, in fact, most sincere Christians who don't memorize. So I'm not pointing the finger at anybody if you, if you don't memorize. There's lots of ways to get the Bible in us. We can study it. We can, we can read it a lot and so on. This is just a tool among many. But I do believe this. Your relationship with the book of the Bible is directly connected with your relationship with the author. If you're in love with the author, you're hungry for his book. If you want to please the author, you want to know his book. And it's so easy as a Christian. I, you know, I, what I worry more about for, for you and I is not that you're going to go off in some wild sin binge and start doing crazy things. When I was a pastor, I was more concerned that my people would get bored with the Lord. That they would forsake that first love. And, and they would go through the motions and be basically moral and go to church and do things. But the, the zeal, Paul says in Romans 12, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You will not memorize if you don't have zeal. It just it doesn't seem worth it. Now, I face these roadblocks myself. I still do. And yet I, I still memorize. Like I say, I'm on Ephesians 3, 6, and 9. I wrote a new song this week for, for that. Why should I bother to memorize the Bible? 
Number one, memorizing the Bible makes it much easier for me to access the scripture when I need it. When do you need to use the scripture? Is it just at 7.30 in the morning when you're having your devotions? What about 9 o'clock when you're at work? Or 11 o'clock or 2.37 in the afternoon or you're watching the kids? Or at midnight? You know what? We need the power of this word night and day, all day long. Things come up, we need it to adjust our perspective, to give us hope, to give us strength, to give us guidance, to protect us from the enemy. We need it all the time. And if we have to stop and look it up in a concordance and look it up in a book, the moment's gone. And we've missed an opportunity in many situations. It's not that you can't do that, but you won't a lot of times. Number two, memorization makes it easier for me to meditate. Now, I, I, I could do a lot longer on this one than I'm going to do. I grew up in the church. And I went to Moody Bible Institute and I went to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and I could win a few Bible trivia contests probably. But you know, when you simply know a fact of Scripture versus when you have memorized it, it's the difference between an acquaintance and a good friendship. The verse becomes different. Yes, you can know thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But when you have gone over this verse 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 times, you've circled it. Your emotions have been touched different ways. You've seen different ideas. It has gotten into your subconscious. You're meditating on it. In this law shall he meditate day and night. Memorization has that built-in component that you're just going over. That's the only way it's going to get below the surface of your spirit is to go over it and over it and over it. And sometimes you don't feel anything. But it gets in there and it changes the deeper parts of your soul. Plus, what's really cool about this is you don't have to go off and sit in the desert for, for three days. You can be washing the dishes. You've got ten minutes. You've got five minutes. You can be waiting for the kids to come out of the bathroom at the mall. You can be doing all kinds of things. And that verse will come to you. And by the way, if you, if you use my technique, it's not my technique, but the technique of music, those verses will come to you free range. They'll come when you didn't even ask for them. I wake up and sometimes the, the verses, it's just there. It's like, you know how you get the, the uh, earworms with songs and stuff? You suddenly start singing in the middle of a song. That's, it'll come right up to you. Uh, number three, memorizing makes it easier for me to apply the Bible. I talked about this last week. The purpose of this book is to change our lives. It's to fill our hearts. It's to be lived in every possible way. Now, when I have memorized, when this, and I've got it in my mind, and the moment comes up and that scripture comes right there, I can apply it. Oh, I hate what they did. Forgive one another just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Oh, okay, would you help me to forgive? It's much easier to apply the scripture if it's right there where you can pull it up. Number four, memorization adds impact to my words. Now, I said this last week. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, he said, it is what? It is written. 
He'd say, well, let me, give me, let me give you my opinion on this. Although he could have, he was God. He is God. When you and I can quote the word of God, we are not just speaking for ourselves, we are speaking for him. And we can, and there is an authority that comes when you can say, thus saith the Lord, boom. You don't have to be preachy about it, but you can just say, well, here's what the Bible says. We can use this authority to fight sin, can't we? There's no temptation that seizes you except what is common to man, and God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above, beyond what you can bear. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, you know, he'll provide a way out, and so on. When, when Satan comes, re, uh, submit yourself then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Flee, devil. You've got that authority. You can call on the word of God, and I've used it before, and, and felt, actually, I was in an occasion where there was spiritual warfare. I could feel Physically, I could feel things shaking a little bit in a house that had demonic problems. And I just was praying the word of God with full heart, and I could just feel the power pouring into the room. We need that authority. Now, as we continue what we're talking about here, I, I need to stop and, and put a little caveat in here. Because I want you to understand, if you look on my website and you've got it in your handouts, there are a lot of verses on there, way more than I ever thought I could memorize, and I'm not done yet. I'm not a memory freak. I don't have a photographic memory. There are some of you in this room that could blow me out of the water if we did a memory test. What, you know what I am? I'm a little donkey plodding up the side of a mountain, <laughs> one hoof at a time. My brother says I'm... I'm a good example of what you call incrementalism, which is just taking little bites out of a large project. And what I have memorized is not because I'm so smart. You don't have to be smart. And by the way, I, I don't have that in this sermon. I had it in another. Somebody says, what happens if I memorize something and then I forget it? Have I wasted my time? You haven't. First of all, you've gone over and over and over the verse, so it's gotten deeper in your mind. You can relearn it more easily. And you know something of it in general. You know Romans 8 goes into certain things. You at least know the street, even if you don't know the exact address. So you're, you're never going to waste your time, even if you don't remember everything. Let me share some tips for you for burying those precious verses into your mind and heart. Number one, I memorize more effectively when I memorize verses I want to learn. Stay away from the... Now, I, I memorize books now um, because I can, and I've learned how to do it, and I like that the best way. But it gets me all the little side streets that you wouldn't normally learn, you know. But if you're going to start memorizing or you, you want to continue, find verses that meet you where you are right now. If you're having trouble forgiving, memorize some verses on forgiving. If you want to worship God better... Memorize some verses on worshiping God. If you want to have courage, memorize verses on courage and God's support. Find something that you really need. Maybe you need a verse about God's love or a promise he'll protect you. You'll be more motivated. Number two, I memorize more effectively when I find a method that works for me. Now, when I was at Moody, 
I was ambitious and I memorized a lot of verses just by repeating over and over and over again. You know what happens when, you, if you want to memorize 50 to 100, by the way, I recommend you all know at least 50 to 100 verses down cold. And I've got you 43 passages in this thing that I'm handing out here. Um, after a while, the memory hooks were too little. Everything looked the same on the page. Everything sounded the same. There's too much maintenance involved. You need to find bigger memory hooks. I think the script, I, my boys memorized, we paid them money to memorize, by the way. Is that legal? They memorized over 400 verses before they got old enough that I couldn't get them to do it anymore. We'd just pay them a quarter of verse. And they wouldn't practice. And they'd come back and they would be saying... There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because in Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law, the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do. You know, and, and they could memorize. That was, that's 11 verses out of Romans 8. Find a method that works for you. You know, the mind is amazing. It thinks in pictures a lot of times. Or thinks in sounds. You know, I, I use the music, but you could, you could rap. You could use picture symbols to memorize, you could find a method that works best for you. The Internet has additional ideas for memorizing as well. And on our, and on our church website, which is in your package, uh, I've got Boku songs. So, and I've got a list of them, so you could, you could use my stuff. I, I really would like to give that out as much as I possi possibly could. Number three, I memorize more effectively when I make a consistent effort. I said this already. You say, I'm busy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't take that much time. Consistency is the key word here. If you will take the one verse and you will spend five minutes a day, four or five days a week, you will learn that verse. And then... Review that verse and learn a new one. I've got a whole selection. I go through all my selections several times a year because I've got a lot of balls up in the air now. It do, it does, the, the key is consistency. And you don't even have to go over and over it. In fact, it's better to go five minutes, two or three times a day than it is to go an hour. You'll learn a lot more from just a short practice time. I memorize it, number four, when I make it as enjoyable as possible. Now, memorizing is work, but it can be made more enjoyable. I have a lot of fun. I just, I just created one with this really funky bass line. Send it off to my friend in New Jersey who's a musician. Um, so I, I do rap, and I do Latin music, and I do rock and roll, and I just, I, it's crazy. You look at a picture, a chunk of Romans theology, and you think, now how on earth am I going to get any music out of that? But somehow it comes. Yeah, but most of you won't write music. But find a way to do it. Find a friend to do it with. Do it while you're having a cup of coffee. Do it while you're taking a walk. Uh, just try to make it enjoyable. And just do enough of it so you can enjoy it so it's not a big chore. Again, incre incrementalism is the key. Five minutes, that's all you need. Number five, I memorize more effectively when I go at a pace that suits me. I used to be a little more driven, and the Lord is slowing me down here. As I'm walking through these, these books that I've memorized, I'm going through the same stuff two nights in a row now. 
and, and I'm just kind of walking around the verses and then coming back and then going through them again. Uh, there's no rush. The point is just do what you can do and relax. If you miss a week or two, don't sweat it. No big deal. Just jump back in. Number six, I memorize more effectively when I use otherwise unproductive time. This is the exciting thing about it. You don't really need extra time. You've got the time. You're driving to work. You're washing the dishes. You're, you're doing laundry. You're, you're doing any one of a dozen things. You can go through a verse in a minute or two or five minutes while you're doing those things. Number seven, I memorize more effectively when I continue to review the verses already memorized. Now, this is critical. You've got you to keep going over them. I, I have verses I learned 30 years ago when Paula and I first got married, and I was using a four-track cassette recorder to record on now. Uh, my new stuff is a lot more advanced than it was back then. Um, but I still have to go over it. And, and words disappear, and I have to get them back again. It's no big deal. But review is critical. Uh, number eight, I memorize more effectively when I don't worry about, about perfection. We were in a youth group once, and, and they gave some kind of prize if you memorize Philippians 4, and the, the ladies that were working with me said, and it needs to be perfect. And I said, no, it doesn't. <laughs> you know what? If you get it 95% right, you've got 95% more scripture in your brain than you did before. Aim for perfect. You know, go back and practice. Try to get it right. But don't worry about it. I mean... And, and what I leave out when I, when I go back and make mistakes, which I do all the time, are usually just prepositions or, or I put a synonym in place of this or that. I don't lose the main meaning of the text. I'd rather know 50 verses fairly well than three verses perfectly. And lastly, I memorize more effectively when I actually use the verses that I've memorized. And I've emphasized this a couple of times. This is not, I was talking with somebody last night who's not a Christian. I found out he was a deist. And we, we, I was at the hospital. We were having, I told him I'm preaching on Bible memorization. I use this as an excuse to talk about the Lord. And he said, well, it's good for your mind. People ought to do that, you know. Maybe you don't get Alzheimer's and stuff like that and, and, and so on. Um, but, you know, that's not the reason. I mean, if that helps, that's good. Make new neural pathways in your brain. It's critical that we use what we've learned. And I talked about applying the scripture somewhat last week. If you use it, you'll be motivated to learn more. You'll say, that helped me with this victory. That lifted me up. That got my thinking straight. That touched that brother or sister. That made my witness more effective. I've got to have more tools, more weapons, more healing poultices, you know, whatever the function the Bible is serving. If you're not using it, it's just a lot of work and it, it doesn't really, it's not really very motivating. But every time you use it, you also reinforce it in your mind. This leads to our final question. What are some ways I can use memorized scripture? Well, we're just going to take one verse and show how many facets that it has. Let's take Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I bet a lot of you know that one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. 
Or if you're an old King James person, he will direct your path. I can use this, first of all, to praise God, can't I? I might say, I praise you, Lord, that you are worthy to be trusted, that you know exactly what you're doing. Thank you that you will allow me to come to you and trust you. I can use it, secondly, to claim God's promises. And I've been doing that lately. Because I don't know things about my life and things I'm wrestling with. You say, Lord, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? What choices should I make? How am I living for you? I'm trusting you with all my heart to help me to do the right things, to know the right things, to be the right person. Fix what's broken. I'm trusting you with all my heart. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'll understand as well as I can. And in all my ways, I will try to acknowledge you. But it's you I'm depending on. It's not me. And that really helps. I've been leaning on that one heavily lately. Number three, I can use Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to find comfort in healing. Oh, Lord, I feel wounded. I feel confused. I feel hurt right now. Thank you so much that I can trust you, that you are doing what's right in my life, that you are taking care of me, that I'm going where I need to go. Thank you that you love me. I can use it for guidance. Lord, I have to make this difficult decision. You have said that you would make my path straight if I trusted you and did not lean on my own understanding. I am resting in you right now. I'm going to do the best I know how, but I'm trusting that you will make my path straight. And by the way, I I have to throw this in. This is not in the message. How do you know you're trusting? Is it this warm feeling that fuzzes up in your heart? You think, oh, good, I'm on the trust beam right now. Well, my, my emotions have always been on their own. They go where they want to go when they want to go. So what I've had to do is I've had to make it physical, something I could control. In fact, I did it today during the service as I was preparing to come up here. I just reach over and take God's hand. I don't try to go cognitive on it. I don't try to explain it. I just say, you're holding my hand and I'm holding yours back. And I just keep going back. That's the, that, that gets me locked in. And my brain wants, oh, what about this? What about that? I'm holding his hand. I'm trusting God. That's really helped me. I can use Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to teach or encourage others. So somebody else is going through a hard time and they're trying to figure out. And you say, you know what? I have a verse for you, brother. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Lean not on your own understanding. This is what it's promising. He will make your path straight. And you know, that's powerful, isn't it? You talk to somebody and you don't preach at them. You just say, let me tell you what I lean on. Or let me tell you what the scripture says about your situation. And you're speaking God's words right into their heart. Number six, I can use it as a witness. You can say, you know, as a Christian, and and I've, I've done this at work with the hospital, we were talking about all the chaos in the country and everything, and I said, you know, because of my faith, I believe God's still in control. I didn't quote the verse, but I said, you know, I, I believe that he's trustworthy. 
You know, or, the, or, or if you're sharing the gospel, of course, you know, we talked about this morning. You can say the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You know, he's rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the one he loves and whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I can use it in spiritual warfare. Guys, we are in spiritual warfare and, and we don't see the, the witch doctors and we don't see the, the voodoo and we don't see a lot of the overt occult things very much in this country. But I assure you right now, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, Paul says, or Peter says. We need that, and I have seen it. And I, I remember going to Moody Bible Institute and seeing a guy, uh, Professor Dickerson, go through an exorcism session with somebody. And this mild-mannered man took out the word of God and he put it right there with full authority. And, and these demons that were talking through this person were, were kind of this way when they started and they were whining within seconds <laughs> because there is power. And when the enemy, the enemy is a paper tiger. He's telling you, oh, you know, you can't whip me. Yes, you can. You can say in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of Jesus Christ, I command you, or this is the truth that Jesus says. It doesn't matter what you say. And there is authority. And he will flee from you. And I can use it for mental strengthening, cleansing, and reorienting. Folks, the greatest virus that we're facing right now is not the coronavirus. It's the virus of sin. And it's all around us, telling us all sorts of lies, discouraging us, messing with our perspectives and our minds. What we need is we need to let the word of God dwell in us richly. In this law does he meditate day and night. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. We need to be filled right down to our subconscious packed with the scripture. And what it does when it goes in there is it pushes out some of the garbage, I think. That's my theory. It heals. It reorients our way of thinking, which gets twisted so fast. We need a reboot, don't we? We need spiritual reboots all the time. It takes away our desire to sin to a large extent. It just gets in there and it changes who we are. It's a powerful tool, and, and I, I wanted to mention Eric, and I wanted to mention Pastor, because they both have it. And, and I, I don't run into it a lot, but I, I, I hear, if you talk to Eric, and, and you talk to, well, you hear Pastor, he uses verses he doesn't even reference. He just, blah, 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 they just go right through, and, and you often do too. You guys have experienced the power, haven't you? It comes in and it changes your character and changes your life and it connects you with the Spirit in a way that's uh, deep and transforming. Now, I want to encourage you, whatever method you use, take this home. If you, if you already have your own method, that's great. And try it. See what God will do. The Word of God is living and active 
and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we need? <laughs>